Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mike Bellardi Show. I'm excited to welcome the program Mike Bellardi. Mike, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm hey, wonderful. How about yourself? Fantastic. So, Mike, who's our guest today? Mike Gogger. He's running for sheriff. We're trying to get him over the line. He's a great guy, would great do a great job, and we want to help him out by giving him some airtime. So tell us a little bit about why you should become sheriff, sir. Well, I, I've had decades full of experience. I have a history of uh, all kinds of awards uh, for my work as a law enforcement officer, both for uh, uh, arrests and clear cleaning up neighborhoods, for uh, innovative programs that I brought in to, uh, to helping neighborhoods recover and uh, uh, kids uh, uh, getting away from drugs. Uh, you, you name it, I've done it. So, and uh, I have decades full of uh, administrative experience as well. Wow, that's that's impressive. Uh, the, the, have you ever run for sheriff before, sir? No, I, I've always been. For the last uh, for sixteen years, I was the number two guy at an agency with an eight hundred million dollar budget and uh, forty four hundred employees. Wow. Tell us about that experience. How, how does that experience bring to you to be ready to be sheriff? Well, I, I think all my experience, not only in law enforcement, but my service to the community and all the different programs that I have chaired, uh, you know, from uh, chairman of the hospital board to chairman of uh, the uh, recovery programs to to chair of the Southeast Florida Behavioral Health Network, the funding agency that provides money for all mental health and recovery services in a five-county area. Uh, you name it, I've done it. So, so, that, so when you've been working, so you've been working in the private sector after you were in law enforcement years before. Is that correct, sir? Or am I trying to? Yes, I, I retired for the second time in February of 2021. I opened up a consulting business uh, that's been quite successful, keeping me very busy. But at the same time, I was offered a position with one of the largest law firms in the southeastern United States, uh, Cersei Denny, Scarola, Bart Hart, and Shipley. And uh, they came to me and asked me to join their firm uh, because of all the other things I was doing. I said I couldn't do it full time, but they offered me a part time position. And I, I work with Cersei Denny now part time as a senior paralegal slash investigator. Okay, interesting. Uh, when you think about your days in law enforcement, what makes you so prepared for this opportunity? Uh, I, I think my history. I, I mean, when you look at uh, and, and people that I have worked for, supervisors said I was way ahead of my time. I developed innovative programs that I had to fight to get in place. Uh, I brought community policing to Palm Beach County. Uh, I was uh, sent to a, a training school uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, on community policing, ethics and integrity, partnershiping, uh, all the things that are necessary to, to rebuild neighborhoods and be a success. So I came back to South Florida, and not only did I implement it at the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, but then I went to other police departments and trained them on how to be successful in community. Policing. All right. So basically, if I'm understanding this in, in so many ways, sir, um, that all these innovative things are needed. Why are you needed so much for Palm Beach County right now? And that's why you're coming out of retirement in a way to run. 
Well, many of the programs that I initiated are now being or, or were displaced by the current sheriff, um, who does not have the same spirit of, of community that I have. Uh, I, I, I was uh, I, I took the worst housing projects in the county, turned them around, uh, reducing crime by 85 to 90 percent. In fact, uh, we were so successful in all of these sites that the inspector general from HUD, Housing and Urban Development, came down here from Washington, D.C., toured the sites and came back a, a month or so later and gave us an award for uh, the innovative program, said he had never seen housing projects and uh, authorities as nice as what he saw in Palm Beach County. And that wasn't how it was when we started. No, that's that's so uh, important, sir, that uh, that you see these projects, these programs gone after they worked so well. You think it's politically they're pushed towards not doing those? Is it a Democrat who is holding the, this position right now, the sheriff? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, you know, we worked together. We had known each other for like five decades, but uh, he uh, worked at the city of West Palm Beach. I started about the same time at the county. Uh, you know, we, we did things together on occasion, uh, operations together. Uh, he retired about the same time I did in 2004. And then uh, we both were on for sheriff. And, uh, you know, he came to me and said, look, let, let's do this together. But I have to be the sheriff because I was a chief. And I said, well, you were, you know, you were a chief of municipality, but I was the major of all investigative services for a very large agency. So, but, but we, we worked it out and I said, okay, because I wanted to keep community policing and all those other programs that I started together and in the neighborhoods because we had been so successful with it. Uh, 27 different sites throughout the county. And uh, he agreed. Yeah. So, and, you know, it started out great. But then over a series of uh, four years, eight years, 12 years, he started to dwindle them down and, and, and take away some of the, 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 uh, the ability the community policing officers to do as well as they, they had been doing. So um, finally, uh, you know, it just got to the point where, you know, I, I couldn't agree with what he was doing. Exactly. And... and <laughs> And uh, some of the accountability that uh, the lack of accountability, I should say, then, and we had some some heavy arguments over stuff like that. And I saw him migrate to a couple guys that that never challenged him or, or never questioned his decisions. And, and I did that a lot. Uh, he closed down a program called the Drug Farm. It was a internationally recognized program, a tremendous success of taking inmates putting them through a program and getting them straight and sober. I, I, you know, I have a master's in social work and, and I believe, you know, I'll put you in jail in a New York second. And I did with thousands of people over 50 years. But I have to tell you, if I can keep, get you straight and sober, that means you're not going to be in my jail and cost me at a minimum of $25,000 a year if you're healthy. Now let's go between Democrat sheriff and a republican sheriff again i guess with the whole you know uh some of the policing ideas of defund the police all these different things 
Palm Beach County needs somebody else stronger involved, right? What have you seen changes in Palm Beach County crime-wise under this sheriff that you can kind of fix things if you become sheriff? Well, some of those neighborhoods where we had community policing, they're not doing it the same way. Uh, currently, in fact, there was a newspaper article yesterday and the sheriff says, oh, I'm working in the community. I have deputies handing out food. Well, you know, handing out food in a grocery line is not community policing. You know, so, uh, somebody drives up in a car, you hand them a bag of groceries. That's not community policing. Community policing is, is getting guys into a neighborhood and getting guys and gals that are officers into a neighborhood working with the people, empowering the people, educating them what they need to do to help themselves and um, and, and work as a team. It, it's, it's a partnership. And not only with the residents, but, you know, we, we did a huge apartment complexes. I, I, I formed a program for landlords because we found out that landlords who were doing Section 8 would, would, would have a problem tenant. Well, they would leave them and then go down the street and, and go to another landlord. So I started having landlords meet uh, once a month, uh, sometimes every other month, and have a breakfast together, and they would share information. And that was tremendously successful. I started programs working with county programs, you know, with, with the different divisions in the county, uh, code enforcement, building, wow. uh, mm -hmm. planning. They were building projects that were designed to fail. Uh, they, they were building these huge uh, low-income apartment complexes with a subsidized rent and then providing, they're, they're required to provide recreation. What they built was cheapest for them. They built one time. That doesn't work. You know, that's the most you can get. So, so you know, we, we started working with them and changing some of the plans that they had, uh, egress, ingress to those developments. Uh, but we had, in fact, a lot of the work that we did uh, was a, the county got awards for, and we were wow. we were the impetus behind getting to do these things. We went in the neighborhoods. Uh, you, you know, we found out that they had no neighborhood parks. No, so yeah. I went in and advocated for the neighborhood park. You know, not not a regional park. We have beautiful regional parks, seven miles, ten miles apart. This one, these are little neighborhood parks in some of the most neediest of the neighborhoods where kids can go and keep busy and, 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 and have recreation. Well, they didn't want it. They thought it would be a terrible thing. I went before the commission. The guy who was the chair questioned me, and I was a lieutenant at the time. He said, Lieutenant Gauger, do you know how much it costs to maintain that park? And I said, you know what, sir? No, that's the only thing I didn't calculate. Oh, he wow. said, how? He said, I thought for a minute, he said, that'll be $12,500. And I thought, and I, I said, I said, Mr. Chairman, I think I can save some money for the county. And he kind of chuckled, he leaned forward. He said, well, how are you going to do that, Lieutenant? And I said, if you build me that park, I'll keep one of those kids from that neighborhood out of jail for the year. And that's $25,000. Wow. And you, the audience started clapping <laughs> and, and the, the parks director looked at one of the, at the chairman and, and it was like, Oh, whoops, whoops. And the, and the county commission voted for that first park. Okay. It turned out yeah. success that now we have 30 
neighborhood parks. So, Mike, what are your thoughts when you're hearing all this about sheriffs and how important a sheriff is to keep people, the community safe? Well, obviously, they're very important. They're the key to keeping the community safe. And I think Mike has the experience. I think he has the programs. I think he knows what he's doing, and he should be the next sheriff of Palm Beach County. And that's why he's on today's show. I, and that's and that's fantastic. Um, what do you think? What is your biggest challenges going into the election? Well, I think. Uh, well, I, I have a Republican opponent. He ran last time and didn't do that well. And you know, he 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 claims that he's a law and order guy, but when you look at his history. And you go to the clerk's office and pull up the arrests he made. No, you don't see it. He's, he's had some issues at different places he worked. Um, you know, he, he said in a meeting Monday night, he said, uh, community policing doesn't work. Social programs don't work. Uh, he, he thinks you just arrest people, put them in jail. You know, I, I call it the nail and jail them, book them and book them. But you know what? You can run. And, and, and that's one of the things they've done at the current administration. They've got all kinds of task forces and street crime units and tactical units. That doesn't solve anything, guys. You run into a neighborhood, you throw people down, you kick in some doors, you put some people in jail, and then you leave that neighborhood. Well, sadly, within a day or two, they're all back out of jail. And where do they go? Back to the neighborhood, doing the same thing. It's community policing. When you work with the residents and the people in those neighborhoods and you stay on on top of it, that that's what makes a difference. I brought in after school programs. We had we had volunteers come in and, and do tutoring of kids. We brought in athletic programs. You know, I even brought in in one neighborhood, uh, the drug dealers had been getting young girls pregnant, 14, 15 years of age. I brought in Planned Parenthood to meet with the mothers and, and the daughters. Uh, you know, try to break the cycle of, of poverty and 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 living on welfare, uh, getting kids in school, keeping them in school, you know, doing the right things, keeping kids busy. Um, we, we developed four boxing programs throughout the county in the toughest neighborhoods. Those kids loved it and, it and it turned their lives around because not only did we keep them busy after school, but they have to maintain certain grades. So the coaches would even work with them with their school. It, 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 folks, it makes a difference. It, it's not just, you know, um, a, there was a lady that discussed, well, uh, Gawker's policing community, policing communities. No, it's community policing. It's, it's building partnerships. Partnerships is what it's all about. Not just with the residents, but with the, you know, the housing authorities or the landlords. It makes a big difference. All right. Well, it's really... Uh, great thing, Mike. Anything to add so far uh, about Mike's run? What uh, advice do you offer, Mike? Because you ran for office. Yeah, well, listen, I think he's doing a great job. I think community policing certainly worked in New York City when they tried it. Um, they don't have it anymore, that's for sure. I mean, New York became a total disaster. So I think it's a great concept. I think you want to have those relationships where the cop on the beat kind of knows everybody on the block and knows what's going on and has that kind of intel. You know, because it could also be used to prevent disasters before they happen, like like shooters, like uh, like we just saw in Maine. You know, um, where you get a little intel that's going to happen or somebody's about to go off and maybe you can stop it. Totally. Most definitely. Uh, 
But what would you say differentiates you from your competition? You said that he does not, he's, he thinks he's law and order and you disagree, Mike, right? Oh, totally, totally disagree. He, he, he's got no history. Number one, he's got no history of community service. Uh, when he was interviewed in the last election cycle by the Sun Sentinel, they asked him how many civic, you know, what civic organization belong to. He said, none, none. And of course, now, since then, he went to work for a small municipal department and the chief of police mandated that he join the Rotary. You know, he, he doesn't have a history of community service. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a, uh, a, a history of belonging to organizations that rep, represent his ethnicity. He, he doesn't have, you know, it was just police work. It, it, you know, he didn't serve the community. I mean, I've done things like chairman of the hospital board, chair chairman of a program that works with early childhood, you know, building families and making them successful. That's made a huge difference. Uh, and I mean, I belong to the Rotary now for like 30 years. You know, I've been Rotarian of the year. I, I've, I've won awards from other Rotary clubs. Uh, I was uh, presented with the Peace Award for the work that I did in neighborhoods and, and reducing crime and making lives uh you know, building the quality of life for communities. All right. Best now what you need help. The help is probably fundraising, right? That's the challenge to get the word out. Right. So explain Always. what, how we can get someone that's going to be the best for the community in Palm beach County. What do they, what do people need to do? Well, they can, uh, my, my website, gogger for sheriff.com. And it's F O R gogger for sheriff. Uh, dot com. Uh, there's a link on there that they can send, uh, you know, uh, make payments and, or donations into my campaign. There, there's also an address on there. If they want to write checks, they can send it to the address that's provided in my website. Uh, and, and let me just circle back what, real quick on, on the mental health aspect that Mike touched on. You, you know, he's absolutely correct. And, and what I had developed uh, with two men, both senior police officers, senior deputy sheriffs, one was a captain status, one was a sergeant. Both of them had MW degree. They also had, um, uh, were licensed clinical social workers, and they had their PhDs. Well, what we did is we were able to build a program that went out and identified people in the community that were having mental health issues and get them the help that they needed. It was six policemen, six policemen, uh, six social workers. And then those people we followed up with constantly and, and made sure that they were on their medication. They refused. We took them and got ex parte orders and got them into the courts and forced them to go through that. So, uh, and, and then we monitored them, you know, way ahead of time. If, if we look at um, up in Connecticut, when they went to the neighbors of the kid that went into the elementary school and, 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 and shot so many young kids and teachers, when they went to the neighbors, the neighbors said, well, we're not surprised. We just wondered when. If one of those neighbors would have called an organization like I had. The sad thing is I went away on a very, uh, I hadn't been on vacation for a while. So I took a cruise uh, out of Japan. I was gone three weeks. Sheriff had replaced those guys who ran that unit 
and put a SWAT guy with no training whatsoever in charge of that unit. Oh my and God. he's made it into basically a red flag unit now, but you know, not doing uh, what we did. Okay. Well, thanks again. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what happens. When is the primary, Mike? Is there a primary before running against the Democrat? Is that the next? When's the when is when are when are when is the election? Is he just dropped? Do you know, Michael? No. Yeah, it's in August. There's a primary in August. I, yeah, I definitely wanted to ask him about um, ahead, Mike. You know, possible terrorism. Now uh, that we've seen, you know, after that terror threat we got, you know, with with uh, with Hamas getting, you know, if Israel goes into and attacks Hamas, but is he off the air? Did he drop? He's back. No, I'm back. Oh, you're back. Mike, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about, the possible terrorism threat that that was made by the jihadists, if you remember. They, well, uh, they, it's, it's there. Yeah, yeah, it's there. I mean, I think we're going to see some horrific stuff in the next couple of months. I mean, these people don't care about dying for the cause. So in the U.S., you think it's coming to the U.S., Mike? Oh, yes, it's coming to the where U.S. Should we, where, should we, where should we not go? And for our national audience out there, if we're going to have terrorism again in the United States, where should we avoid at this point? Well, I think we have to lead our lives. Yeah. We, we can't huddle in our houses like they did during COVID and, and, and just do yeah. away with, you know, stay home and, and, and lock ourselves in our room. We have to, you know, we have to live our lives. You know, with, with they, they have released a lot of the, things on uh, on concealed carry. So, you know, I, I don't go anywhere that, that I can legally without my weapon. Uh, I would never forgive myself if I was not prepared to respond to save lives. I, my, my wife used to uh, tease me because uh, I, I go to church on Sunday uh, uh, and, and I sit in the very back and I've always had a weapon on. And she used to make fun of me and said, "What? you're in church. You don't need that weapon. And then about a couple of weeks or a month later, somebody walked into a church and started shooting. Me. Yeah. I would never forgive myself. If I, I, I'm trained, I mean, trained exceptionally well to save lives. And I, I, that's a great question, Mike, to Mike. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Again, your website, Mike, one more time so people can donate. It's gogerforsheriff.com, and it's F-O-R, gogger, F-O-R, sheriff.com. And uh, if, if you look at that website, you'll you'll see my history of, of not only my success in, in the agency, but my success in the community as well. Okay, excellent. MikeVillardiBooks.com, WinningTaxSolutions.com, MikeVillardiShow.com, and more things to come, right, Mike? But you're see, I don't watch the news anymore, Mike. I get the news from the Mike Filardi show. Did not know what's <laughs> happening with Israel. Don't want to know. And I guess I'm going to find out. But now to say, look out. But seriously, for our audience, Mike, uh, do you think what areas should we avoid that are really ones that, especially maybe going into New York City would not be the best idea right now, or going to specific places where there could be a terrorist attack? Well, what do you think? The most common places are places like malls, bowling alley, you know, where people gather. That's what happened with this shooter. He went to a bowling alley, right? People where people are. But like Mike said, 
if you're in Florida, you need to be carrying. You don't even need a permit anymore. There's no reason for you not to be able to defend yourself because in states like Florida, they'll be least likely to be attacked because shooters are going to know they're going to be met with, with, with a lot more force. If you go to New York City, Chicago, all these other cities and states where the carry laws are ridiculous and it's almost impossible to get a carry permit, you're going to be dealing with defenseless people. And that's where you're going to see most of your attacks where people aren't able to defend themselves. Okay. So always be on alert, guys. That's the other big thing is uh, situational awareness, which I learned when I was working for a security company, helping them at points. We all have to have situational awareness. We have to be looking out for these things. But I had no idea that Hamas is thinking to come to the United States. Oh, boy. Maybe we have to go back to the same thing after 9-11 where we were really investigating people and stuff. Maybe we have to go back to that or else. Look at the open, yeah, look at the open but, border. I mean, you know, they, they have seized how many? Hundreds and hundreds of people on the terrorism list. That, that's but, the ones that they've caught. What about all the ones that we haven't caught? And, oh and, and we could see some kind of a joint operation. But, you, you know, one of the things that are very important is, is homeland security and, and developing your intel work, watching the social media sites, watching the behaviors. And, and please, folks, don't ever forget, if you see something, say something. Call it. Call, call your police department. Make sure that they, they respond to it. If you have suspicions of somebody like, like the 9-11 guys, Please call in. They were using, you know, satellite phones and right. uh, acting suspicious. Nobody called. If, if oh, they would have called, we might have been able to intercept that and 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 stop what was nine eleven. Well, thanks, Mike and Mike. Appreciate it, guys. All right, guys. That was the Mike Velarde show. Guys, take care. Thanks, Neil.